0: Welcome, it is uh, seven minutes after nine o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski at 10.30 this morning. A uh, ousted Florida Republican chair has been cleared of rape allegations. But police see, uh, are looking for a video vor- uh, voyeurism charge. Uh, Jennifer will have the details on that. Um, New York uh, Mayor vetoes bills, he says, would handcuff the police. Uh, they're doing that all over the country. And in a rare move, 60 uh, Missouri prison staffers advocate for commuting a man's death sentence. Uh, that and uh, did you see that video of the bus in Missouri that, uh, or I'm sorry, the fire truck that was uh, skidding across the ice, Brian? I did not see that. No, sir. Ooh. It was, uh, <laughs> it just flipped right by uh, on the street from the video. It was terrifying. Uh, I got to clarify a couple of things, uh, but when we come back, when I can finish clarifying this uh, thing about the battery powered cars and the and the uh, rebates, uh, Biden wants to raise Social Security taxes. He literally will increase the national debt even more and more quickly. I'll explain how in just a moment. For 2024, if you have a battery powered vehicle, you want to get that uh, seven thousand uh, dollar check from the federal government. The battery, the vehicle has to have 60% of its battery components assembled in North America and 50% of its critical minerals extracted or processed in the United States uh, or in a country with a a trade agreement. And that makes it very difficult to get that uh, $7,500 credit. So how many vehicles This is Biden shooting himself in the foot. Democrats are so stupid. Uh, How many vehicles are eligible? Well, technically, Brian, of all the automobiles made, all the battery-powered cars being introduced, a whopping 10. (laughs) But wait, there's more, because one of those 10 is the Chevy Bolt, which has been discontinued. It's only counted because there may be a couple still on the you know, on a dealership uh, uh lot somewhere uh that you can buy, but it's 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 gone. It's done. Uh that leaves the Cadillac Lyric and the Chevy Equinox EV uh but wait the Cadillac Lyric and the Chevy Blazer EV don't qualify. Uh so uh, that actually uh, reduces it uh by one. Um, That's two down. Now we're down to eight. Uh, The Ford F-150 Lightning, the Tesla Model 3 Performance, the Tesla Model Y Performance, and the Tesla Model X. Uh, The Chrysler Pacifica is a plug-in hybrid, and it's the only non-EV that's eligible. So you're down to eight vehicles of all the vehicles made in the country that are eligible for that $7,500 tax credit. I talked about this yesterday in the air, and I couldn't find the story. Uh, I went looking for it uh, today so that I could, you know, uh, uh, clarify all of that. Uh, let's see who else, uh, what else. Oh, I know what else. We also have uh, Senator Bill Igle is going to be on the program this morning. He is on board not because he's a candidate for any particular race. We don't even discuss the race. He is just on because he's a senator and he makes waves. And I'm curious to see what he thinks about what's in the zeitgeist. In the meantime, President Biden, and and he's not alone, Uh, Donald Trump uh, and others have argued that they don't want to to, uh, privatize Social Security. They want to maintain it. Uh, So they want to raise Social Security taxes for wealthy people. So let me tell you why that's bad, Uh, because it will increase the national debt they will suddenly start taxing uh, more income and that will bring in way more money than what goes out. And when that happens, the federal government has no place to store it. They won't put it in the stock market, which would be dangerous for one entity to control that kind of money. So they'll put it in the treasury and they'll spend it and that instantly will increase the national debt. (laughs) Hang on, I thought we had a lockbox for that. Yeah, we do. It's uh, just not very secure. So I'm reading the story about taxes, and I love how they do this. This is just really frustrating. In 2018, the richest 400 families in the country paid an average effective tax rate of 23%, while the bottom half of American households paid a rate of 24.2%. The implication here is that the rich are getting away with murder. Why, the poorest people in the country are paying a greater percentage of their income. But look at how much the rich are making. I would argue 23% of a billion dollars is more than 24% of $50,000. Call me crazy, but I think that means they're paying a lot more money. But this is the dirty trick the left uses. I've explained it before. When you're talking about raising taxes, or, or you know, if it's a benefit to the Democrats, we're talking uh, percentages. Uh, otherwise, it's dollar amounts. If, if, you want, if the Republicans cut taxes, the Democrats will give you the dollar amounts. Rich people are going to save on average $150,000 a year. If it goes the other way and you're raising taxes, well, we're only raising taxes by, you know, uh, 1%. It's just a little trick of the mind that the Democrats use. But it really won't pan out in the long run uh, for, the, for the country. It's just going to exacerbate uh, an already expanding problem. Now, uh, Dick's Notch, apparently uh, in New Hampshire, the very first uh, place in the country to vote. They do it, I think, at midnight and it was, uh, it was a wipeout. Donald Trump didn't get a single vote. But it doesn't matter. I remember one year in the general election when the first, uh, the winner of the general election, dix not. W- w- it was a libertarian. And you know what? Nobody cared. Nobody covered it. Doesn't mean a thing. You know, if... If the Republicans had gotten together in a room, all of those candidates that were thinking of running against Donald Trump, all of them who had, uh, you know, visions of sugar plum dancing in their head, if they had all gotten together and said, look, we have to make this a one on one race. Some of us are going to have to drop out. You could have had a real challenge for the nomination. But. It's too late now, and between the two of them, as I pointed out yesterday, I'd rather have Trump. Uh, I I just uh, I don't see putting the war monger in there. She she's just not ready for the White House. But it could have been an altogether different story. They just spread themselves out too thin, hung on too long, and it was not a challenge. It wasn't a race. They'd all coalesce behind one candidate. He would have had to debate, and then you would have seen whether or not he still had what, what was necessary. All right, uh, 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572 or GaryNolan.com. If Donald Trump hammers her in New Hampshire, he's going to win in her home state, and it's not going to be pretty there either. She needs to get out. Donald Trump, the presumptive nominee of the party is simply going to have to have the time to concentrate on Joe Biden and he needs to uh, he needs to stick to a script he did this at the end of the first election he was all over the place extemporizing, saying silly things and, and they were making fun of him well at the end of that near the end of that, in the last couple of months he stuck to a script, he didn't do all of that, and, and he won that's what he needs to do this time, he needs to stick to a script, I know a lot of you like it when he extemporizes, you love it when he just speaks out and, and, <clears throat> and, and it comes completely off the, uh, off the rails but you gotta think what it takes to get elected and that's those people in the middle your phone calls and comments coming up. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 9 o'clock. Senator uh, Bill Igle is going to be with us in a few minutes. And apparently there was a little tete-a-tete on the, on the Senate floor. And Brandon sent me a message. Ask Mr. The Best, Bill Igel what he thinks of the comments from uh, boomer Cindy McLaughlin uh, this morning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess uh, we'll find out. That was it was interesting. I listened to the audio. Good morning, Gary. On taxes, I don't believe those numbers for a second. I know many families making uh, sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year, and uh, they were effective their effective tax rate because of refundable tax credits. I'd be interested to find out how many families are at the negative percentage when it comes to tax dollars, as opposed. Yeah, how many how many are getting money? that that haven't put into the system. No, I don't, I don't think so. All right, 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. We'll talk about initiative petition reform. Uh, we usually do that with uh, Ron Calzone, who has uh, really done a lot of homework on this. So uh, we'll wait for that. In Oklahoma... Bill uh, would ban sending sexy selfies unless you're married. See, this is one of the things, and you know this is not a Democrat that's doing this. You know this is a Republican doing this. It could also outlaw any kind of sexualized image, play, or performance, pornographic or not. Reason Magazine has covered the story. Uh, It's an anti-porn bill in Oklahoma, and it is so extreme it could even make sexting outside of marriage a crime. Uh, the the, uh, the bill would make merely viewing obscene materials a felony. It would also restrict unlawful porn. Uh, I'm not sure what unlawful porn distribution and production is. With enforcement possible through both criminal prosecution and private lawsuits and make it a misdemeanor to pose for, exhibit or publish... Unlawful porn. I I'm baffled by this. You have your moral standards. Live by them. If somebody else's moral standards are different, so what? Ignore them. I, I'm baffled by uh, politicians. Especially when the Republicans do this. Republicans always argue about invasive big government. But they only do that when it's on the left. Their invasive big government is okay. Uh, this, uh, this legislation comes from um, a Republican named Dusty Devers. Who also uh, put up uh, uh, legislation to repeal no-fault divorce. This is taking religion and putting it in the realm of government. We don't have a theocracy. If there are if there's a couple that wants to invigorate their love life uh, by teasing one another with photographs, who are we to tell them they can't? Whether they're married or not, it just isn't our business. Good Lord, we are we are really it's sort of going over the edge here. Uh, all right, uh, Dick's notch. If it doesn't, re, it really doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It's like six votes, and they all went for Haley. Who who cares? In the big picture, I think I think she's going to get slammed, and I don't see a path forward for her. She's doing what all politicians do uh, when, in you know, in, in the face of being crushed, she denies it. This is what politicians do. And then somewhere along the line, they hold up a picture of Harry Truman uh, with the uh, headline, that you know, proclaiming that he lost. You know, they all got it wrong and we're going to make it. She's trying to keep up a good front. And so she's denying the reality. But the truth is, she's not going to make it. She is not going to win this one. And to tell you the truth, the Democrats have pretty much done their best to seal that in, to make absolutely sure that Donald Trump is the nominee of the party. There's, there is no uh, no better advocate for Donald Trump than the Democrats. They know every time they go after this guy, the Republicans get behind him. And I know the impact of that myself. I understand the impact of it because I realize what they're doing. And I want him to be able to, you know, slap him in the face. I want him to be able to win and, and you know, stick his tongue out with his uh, thumbs in his ears and wave, you know, nan 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 na nah. And that's what a lot of Republicans are doing right now. They're they're supporting him because they're making his case that they're just going after him uh, because they're afraid of him. There's uh, this this is the other fear I have that we're being mackaskled, and I've said this before. If the Democrats at the last minute pull the rug out from under Joe Biden. Or if Joe Biden pulls the rug out from under Joe Biden and some quote unquote moderate Democrat, and there are very few of them, if any, by the way, we've got a whole different election dynamic. I mean, it completely changes. I um, i hope not. I, I hope that, that Biden runs. I hope his hat stays in the ring. I hope I'm wrong. My fear is that I'm not. Time will tell. All right, uh, we got uh, a great story out of Houston, Texas. Uh, And this has happened here in Missouri. This happened in Kansas City, and it happened in uh, St. Louis. And our own Dave Roland uh, came to the rescue. There is a group of people who are feeding the homeless, and apparently they've been doing this for like 20 years. They... They cook food, uh, they have a meeting place, the homeless go there, and they get a hot, fresh meal. And to the best of my knowledge, since uh, for, for 20 years, no one got sick. No one. But the city of Houston doesn't like that, that uh, these people are preparing food at home. They want it to be a licensed kitchen. In 2012, they passed a law against giving free meals to people in need without permission. Uh, But uh, the mayor uh, and uh, the mayor's administration gave permission to this group, Food Not Bombs, and they did it for years. Now there's a new mayor in there, Sylvester Turner, and he's reversed this. So there's a huge fine associated with feeding the homeless in violation of city uh, uh, regulations. What's interesting is they can't seem to prosecute anybody. I thought this was great. This is, this is, uh, and you've heard me talk about this, uh, jury nullification. The jury, you know, looks at this and says, yeah, they're violating the rules, but we're just not going to find them guilty. 15 Houstonians called for jury duty filed into a courtroom Thursday afternoon. They were there for an unusually high-profile case, uh and it is the one uh, I'm telling you about, uh, the food. Uh roughly an hour later they had a uh, they filed back in all 15 of them and n- nobody <laughs> nobody wanted to nobody wanted to find them guilty. Too many of the potential jurors said that even if the defendant was guilty, they were unwilling to issue a $500 city fine. Jury nullification. They recognized that these people were do-gooders and just trying to feed the poor. Uh, they're being harassed by government rules and regulations. And they were just not going to punish them for that. We need a lot more of that. We need a lot more of that. All right, uh, coming up, uh, we are going to hear from Senator Bill Igle. We'll uh, find out what happened on, uh, on the floor yesterday. Uh, we'll play some audio from the incident. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, initiative petition reform and see exactly where he stands on this. Uh, you can contact me or us uh, by going to GaryNolan.com, sending me a message. Or you can just pick up the phone, give us a call. Don't forget, at 10.30, Jennifer Bukowski on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. 9.35, glad to have you with us, glad to be with you. So President Biden is about to give Vladimir Putin uh, a ticket to more profit. Uh, We'll tell you what he's up to uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, uh, let me tell you that Senator Bill Igel is on board with us this morning. He is here not related to any campaign. He is simply here because he's a senator and he has, uh, insight that I want to, sh- I want to, uh, tap into about what goes on in the Capitol. And just last week, uh, there was an issue on the floor. We'll play the audio for you and then we'll get, uh, feedback from, uh, Senator Eigel.
1: Why wait till the last... Sec- you know, we have one of the longest sessions of any legislature anywhere in the country. Why not do it today? Well, three-fourths of our time is spent listening to you. A bill other than IP reform. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. For, so first of all, I'm going to vote against that amendment. I bet you are.
0: Yes. No, they will vote against it because they are against you coming in here and trampling every other senator's ability
1: to uh, We're not trampling... See, forward. once again, you... And there it is again, the the daily reminder of my campaign. Thank you, Senator. We don't need a daily reminder because we have you to remind us every day. You keep talking about me. I just want to pass IP reform. You just want to be governor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, IP reform. Let's let's tap into the mind of Senator Bill Eichel. Good morning, Senator.
1: Good morning, Gary, thanks for having me. Happy Tuesday.
0: Yeah, glad to have you with us. So tell me what's going on. Uh, That was just a kind of a brutal exchange. Um, First off, uh, you want IP reform, is that correct?
1: That's correct, so IP reform, initiative position reform has been one of our uh, stated priorities of the Republican caucus for two years now, so yes.
0: And how do you want it changed?
1: I'd like to see us add, right now we have a simple majority uh, that's required for ballot initiatives to be approved into the Constitution. I'd like to add what's known as a concurrent majority. So in addition to the 50 plus 1% standard, I'd like to add a requirement that 50 plus 1% of the state House districts uh, also approve the initiative petition for it to go to effect. The reason that we've, we want to add that standard is instead of just having Kansas City and St. Louis uh, pass whatever uh initiative petition is being pushed by out of state special interests. We would actually need a much broader coalition of not just our urban and suburban areas, but also our rural areas to actually change the founding document of the state. So it's a good way to step forward. And it's been identified by the Republican caucus as a great way uh, to protect our Constitution from, like I said, these very powerful, well-funded, out-of-state special interests that are running dishonest campaigns and campaign seats, Amendment 3, Clean Missouri, uh, Medicaid expansion, all of which... Uh, had very dishonest campaigns, money behind them, but got into our Constitution because it's so easy to change our founding documents.
0: All right, so I'm in favor of IP reform as well. If the Republicans like the idea, and you're a Republican, and you, what stopped it from just happening?
1: Why did? Uh, it- well, in a word, in a word, leadership. Uh, we 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 came into last session. And uh, that was our stated number one priority. And our leadership found a way to uh, delay, to uh, maneuver around the IP bill that didn't actually, the IP bill didn't come to the floor of the Senate until after spring break. And then it got uh, pushed all the way to the end of session where uh, leadership basically negotiated away for, for, I don't know what they negotiated away for, but ultimately it didn't get done. We come into this session and leadership is basically saying to us, trust in the system. And if you trust in the system, we're going to get all these things done. But for the past seven years I've been in the Senate, the system they're talking about has failed us on almost every single big priority that we've tried to move. So uh, last week, a few senators uh, and myself stood up and said, you know, we're not going to wait till the last day of session again for this to get run over or this to get derailed. We're going to make a motion today to bring that to the floor of the Senate, IP reform to the floor of the Senate, directly to the floor, so that we can debate it and get it passed in the next couple of legislative days. And, of course, uh, unfortunately, 18 Republicans voted against that motion. So, uh, right now... Whoa, 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 of, uh, whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Why did they vote against it? What was their objection?
1: Their their objection, as uh, as explained by both Senator Rowden and Senator O'Loughlin on the floor, is that uh, they don't they they felt uncomfortable using what would be an unusual motion in the Senate to accelerate the passage of IP reform. Uh, and, and you know, uh, Senator Laughlin stood up and said, we to in her words, we got to trust in the system. There's a reason the system is in place. but my answer to that is the system keeps failing us. You know, i've I've never been I've never been uh, hesitant to rub against the grain and work against kind of the status quo down there in Jefferson City when it com- repeatedly showed that it it's not going to get our big things done. So we tried this as a mechanism to give uh, our colleagues a chance to go on the record uh, of where they stood on IP reform, and and it was uh, it was pretty disappointing uh, to see that. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I said eighteen. It was actually seventeen. 17 senators uh, voted against it. Very disappointing.
0: So would you argue that you and the Freedom Caucus are sort of standing on principle?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Everything that we are doing as the Freedom Caucus is driven by policy, driven by the policy that we want to get IP reform passed. We want to cut personal property taxes. We want to protect our farmland in this state. All of the objections to what we're doing are coming from uh, the moderate or left-leaning senators in the Republican caucus that, one, uh, don't want to do these big Republican things. That's why they've failed in, in previous years and why they're trying to put it on a path to failure this year. Or two, uh, the, they are so worried that, that these colleagues of ours are, are so worried about preserving the power and influence of a status quo that doesn't care at all about these priorities. That they're willing to go on the record in opposition to them. So, uh, you know, and, and it's very telling, Gary, because the only answer that they really have is to call us names. I mean, Senator Laughlin, you didn't play it in your clip, but Senator Laughlin really lost her composure on the Senate floor. She was calling me names. She was calling other names. We had other senators stand up calling senators names. There's no name calling on our side. We're simply saying we want to pass IP reform.
0: So where does it go from here?
1: Well, um, you know, I, I want to try to remain optimistic. Uh, however, it, it needs to be said that right now, the leadership team of Senator Laughlin and Senator Routh are doing everything they can to move us away from uh, a, a resolution on these big red, you know, Republican issues. You know, they're, they're threatening to remove us from chairmanships, they're threatening to remove us from committees as a way to try to silence us. No matter what they do, one, that's not going to silence us, and two, that's not going to move us any closer to resolution on these big red policy ideas. So uh, we're going to continue to make them uncomfortable. That's what this is about. They're getting uncomfortable because when we stand up and start to fight them in public, the public, the Republican public that elected all of us, agrees with us. They agree with me. They agree with the other members of the Freedom Caucus that they want to see these things get done, and they understand that Senator Laughlin and Senator Rowden are standing on the side of the swamp right now that doesn't want to see these things done. So uh, I think more accountability, more uh, public attention, I think that's good for the message. I think that's good for any conservative in that chamber that wants to see these things done. And we're going to shine a light on every one of these uh, uh, left-leaning Republicans that don't want to get the things done that they promised they would in campaign season.
0: Um, all right. Uh, let me just uh, do this. I'm going to open up the phones, and uh, you can send me messages at GaryNolan.com. Uh, Senator Bill Igel is on with us. Uh, Ron says, I'm waiting my turn at the License Bureau. There are three gentlemen at the desk uh, being waited on. One was what Well, I don't know about that. All right, that's that's not on topic. Let me get the next one. Uh, Gary, is there a way to get the name of the Republicans who voted against Senator Igel's motion.
1: I can actually tell you, Gary. You want me to list them out? I've got them. They're seared into my mind. Go ahead. Uh, we have, of course, Senator, the, the Republicans that voted against the motion to bring initiative petition to the floor were Senator Rowden, Senator O'Loughlin, Senator Luktenmeyer, Senator Rader, Senator Huff, Senator Justin Brown, Senator Searpoy, Senator Sketter uh Senator Crawford, Senator Coleman, Senator Trent, uh Senator Black, Senator Fitzwater, uh Senator Ben Brown, uh Senator I think uh Senator Bean and Senator Esslinger. Oh, and Senator Gannon.
0: Wow. That's a lot of I think it's hypocrisy because I I you know I've watched it, how the how this works. St. Louis and Kansas City dominate. Uh, they're the center of leftness uh, for each half of the state. Uh, and and uh, the, the rest of us in the middle don't get a say-so. Uh, and I think spreading it out by House districts uh, means that everybody gets a say in this thing. And I, I, I just think we have seen some really crappy things uh, slip through uh, with initiative petition that shouldn't have. Uh, and at the same time, you're not demanding more signatures, making it impossible for the little guy to get something in front of the public.
1: Uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to. I don't want to change access to the ballot for those that want to ask the question uh, to the people of this state. Uh, we want to. We want to empower our grassroots to get you know uh, potentially some good uh, amendments in front of the uh, legislature. And but we we want to stop. The, we want to require a much broader coalition uh, of some of the uh, demographics in this state if we're going to change the founding document. Yeah, nice, you hear, yeah, you want to hear very vulnerable.
0: Yeah, you want to hear that uh, flyover territory sort of thing. Those people should have a say in this, and I agree. Let me go to the phones. Absolutely. We'll start off with <laughs> we got two gyms in a row. All right, uh, let's see if we can get Jim uh, the first yeah, There we go, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Bill. This is Jim Olson. I appreciate what
1: you're doing. I think I was going to ask for
0: those names, but uh texter beat me to it.
1: But, yeah, I don't want to have another week go by without them focusing on the most important issues. And so if if there's a way we can get phone numbers for all those areas, and we just need to call them and tell them to get their crap together. So appreciate your hard work, and thanks for all you do. Jim, thank you for the call. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. I appreciate that. We're we're gonna keep fighting, Jim. Uh, no sweat. We're not afraid of them. Uh, they're gonna. It, it looks more increasingly likely that uh, our leadership team is gonna try to punish us in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm not afraid of that. We're not intimidated by those guys. We were elected by the people uh, in our districts to represent them, and we're going to continue to be loud. And I know it makes them uncomfortable, uh, but as we're getting loud, I expect uh, that the public, like yourself, is going to start calling their office and get loud. And if you're looking for their phone numbers, just go to senate.mo.gov. Uh, all the senators' office numbers are there. I'm sure they would love to hear, hear from the people of the state uh, that they need to start padding IP reform. Uh, there is. Uh, we have been looking at this from the inside. There is no excuse uh, for them not to have referred these bills. They need to refer, the, refer these bills and get the process started.
0: Well, we get. Uh, I got time for one more phone call. I get Jim number two in because they were uh, in line. Jim, good morning. You're on with Senator Igel
1: Yeah. Good morning, uh, Senator Rigel, uh You're right on. Uh, my wife and I and all our friends. This is top priority for us. And Caleb Brown is our senator, and he will not respond to our letters or to our uh, concerns about this issue. And I just think he's doing a disservice to those he represents. All right, Jim, thank Uh, you for the call. go ahead. Jim, I'm sorry to to hear that, Jim, uh, that he's not responding and and unfortunately I have to share with you that that's not the first time I've heard this. Uh, And He's not responding to his constituents. He's not responding uh, to myself or his colleagues. In fact, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Brown has not reached out uh, to myself uh, in months uh, to talk about these issues or even to have a discussion about, you know, how are things going on the floor and what frustrations he might have or ideas he has uh, to get these things moved. So uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, what we're watching is a leadership, a legislative leadership team, uh, Senator Rowden and Senator Laughlin, that are losing control. They're losing their composure. They're making bad decisions based on emotion, not based on policy. We're going to continue fighting for initiative petition reform. And it may be uh, that in order to in order to facilitate uh, not just this big rent priority, but a lot of big rent priorities this session, uh, we may not be able to do that with the current leadership team. All
0: right. Senator Bill Igle, I'm out of time. Appreciate your call. Glad to have you with us. We'll chat with you
1: again next week. Thanks, Gary. Have a great day. We'll talk real soon.
0: All right. Take care. Senator Bill Igle. All right. Up against the clock. Really ran long there on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 954. Glad to have you with us. Uh, some people think that uh, perhaps what Senator Igle has has uh, done is wrong. But, you know, we've watched this system unfold for years, and it doesn't get, it, it doesn't work. It just doesn't get done. They brought up IP reform last year. They trusted the system. It didn't get done. So at some point, standing on principle is important. At some point, when you, when you, you know this is necessary, it needs to be fixed, the Republicans allegedly agree it needs to be fixed. Vote on the damn thing. Debate it, vote on it, and move along. But, you know, at some point, if we don't fix this, every time there's something that the left want to accomplish, they're going to come in and flood two areas of the state with ads. That's all it takes right now. Uh, just go to Kansas City and St. Louis and... Throw a bunch of money at whatever it is you want. And the next thing you know it, we've got Medicaid for everybody. Uh, we're, we're increasing spending, taking away liberty. Pass this bill, and they'll have to go to every congressional district. And what's happening right now is people in rural areas are being overlooked. They don't have to spend much money in rural areas because they can win Just going into Kansas City and St. Louis. If the Republicans agree with this proposition, vote on it. Don't stand on ceremony. Don't attack a guy or the Freedom Caucus for standing on principle. We've seen what they do, left to their own means, in Washington, D.C. and in Jefferson City. It's the swamp. It's the swamp. Vote on the damn thing. Fix the problem. Give everybody a shot at, at having a say in whether or not uh, this uh, something gets on uh, something uh, gets changed in the Constitution. Uh, Brandon says if Bill Igel doesn't get you pumped and excited, something is wrong with you. Uh, Keith says now would be a great time to send a couple of hundred people senator Rowden's office. We need Jim Babka to get this organized. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim would do it. All right. Um, I I just I just think at some point you stand on principle. You've been railroaded around enough. Uh, and and we've talked about this uh, with uh, Ron Calzone at org. How representatives don't get. I mean, the the way it works in Jeff City is. You're a representative, but you can't get your issues to the, to the floor of the House. Somebody above you has to decide whether or not it can happen. It's, it, it's just a screwball way we're running things in Jefferson City. Somebody's got to stand up and say, that's enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly uh, fine being aligned with Igel on this issue. I think, he's, I think he's on the right track. All right, um, we're going to have a news break here and we're going to have to come back in just a few minutes. And when we do come back I want to talk about a gift to Vladimir Putin that appears to be the result of Joe Biden. It's a big financial boost to him. And it's going to cost Americans a lot of money too. In fact, it's going to well, it, it it's going to hurt everybody except Biden, uh, and and only with one group. I'll explain it all. It's in the Wall Street Journal. We'll uh, we'll go over that. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be on with us this this morning too. She'll be on at about uh, ten thirty five, and uh, Jen has a whole host of really neat stories that I uh, I think uh, you'll be interested in, uh, because well. She just digs them up. I don't even know where. Uh, By the way, if you're listening to us on KWTO, she is going to be filling in um, for Elijah Har. Har, um, And and we'll give you the details on that. It's all coming up on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.